Welcome to Act 3, the podcast where we explore how to thoughtfully shape the rest of our lives. I'm your host, Kara Gray. This podcast is sponsored by Good Morning Freedom, my retirement coaching service where I help executives and professionals plan their Act 3. For more information, stay tuned until the end. Today, I welcome Frisch Brandt to the podcast. Frisch had a distinguished 45-year career in the art world, including 39 years as president and co-owner of the renowned Frankel Gallery in San Francisco. She helped pioneer the recognition of photography as a fine art and built Frankel Gallery's reputation through groundbreaking exhibitions and publications. Since retiring from the gallery, Frisch has embarked on an entirely new chapter as a letter midwife. She founded My Lasting Letters, where she helps people write meaningful letters to loved ones, often during palliative care or hospice. Her gentle guidance and deep listening skills help individuals craft letters that convey what matters most. Frisch, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I am honored to be here. As I was preparing for this interview, I was looking at your website and reading what you're up to now, and it's just just chills come, came over me. I mean, both of my parents were in hospice care at the end of their life, and anybody who works in that space, I just have massive respect for, and it, it's such an important it's such important work. So I can't wait to hear about how you got there. But I always start with asking people about their life before their third act. You had an amazing career in the art world. Tell us more about how how that was, what your life looked like, and what were the things that really brought purpose to that? I mean, obviously. <laughs> Thank you, Kara. Um, it's and that act isn't completely closed yet. Okay. So just as a point of reference, but I think that's probably true of many transitions. Yes. So I'm still, I'm, I become president emerita of the gallery in January. Um, and it's, it's, it's wonderful to touch on the subject with you right now, because it is, it, I'm in the thick of the transition and it's, I have so much time to reflect on what that has been like the um you know when we started the gallery well jeffrey frankel started the gallery in 79 and i joined it in 84 and photography was not considered art and so we had this great uh adventure of of uh heralding photography as an art form that could stand shoulder to shoulder with other art forms and it's been a wild and wonderful ride. A lot of great things happened in that time. I mean, I think all of your uh, listeners and viewers have cameras within inches of of their hands. In fact, they may be watching this on their camera. Um, that wasn't the case. And people didn't think about photography other than maybe family ph photographs. And I think therein lies the link to the work that I am doing now and about to do more thoroughly and deeply and the work that began my life. Yeah. How are you feeling with the transition? Well, I wish I could hear from everybody else listening about their transition, which is really what I, yeah. that's my, that's my jam. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, you know, being in one 
it, theoretically in one place, but you know, the, the gallery has changed a lot over the years. I've changed a lot over the years. And um, so it doesn't feel like I was in one, I certainly wasn't standing in one place. Um, but the transition is powerful as I, uh, let's, how do I say it? You know, I just, I, well, this is, this is your jam. This is what you do. I didn't, didn't know you, you this is what I do. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You're it's feeling, it's feeling bumpy at times. It's feeling yeah, exciting for sure. at times. Yeah. It's the, it's a lot like several different, uh, amusement park rides all at once. Yeah. You know, the roller coaster, the centrifugal force, the floor goes out from under you, the spinning cups. Exactly. Thank you. And, and, and a lot of spinning of plate. Yeah. For sure. Transitions are tricky for everyone, but I can only imagine after your involvement at, with that length of time with an organization that it's, that it's an experience. So what prompted you to pivot to becoming a letter midwife? I mean, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. different. And what is that? Um, yeah, I, yes. And you're, you're, you've crafted a new uh, genre of work i think i have well walt whitman and i have. yes <laughs> um so in the art world um what made it re meaningful for me were the conversations that i have with people um whether it's in the gallery which was my biggest theater but in other places at museums and in at art fairs and things like that and I love the conversations and I love that art truly proved to be a medium for me. So we would be looking at something and talking about love or loss or life or what matters. And when I turned almost like clockwork, but not entirely, but about the time that I turned 50 and my son was in his early teen years, just as points of reference, it could be any combination for anyone else. I felt that there was something I needed to do that was more. I needed to do something that was deeper. And the, the handle I had on it was more spiritual. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew there was something else. It was just like a tap on the shoulder. There's something else out there, you, you know. And here I love what I do. And I love talking to artists and collectors and especially the strangers that come in the gallery. Um, so... I thought, well, what am I supposed to do? I know there's something. And I kind of noodled around about that while raising my son and doing my work and work, you know, and all those other things that one does, grocery shopping and fitness and balancing budgets. And I kept looking around for what it might be. And I, I couldn't, I, I just knew it was there. And then in 2009, I read an article in the New York Times by um, an author, a writer named Hartakulis, and it was about palliative care. Now, in 2009, the NIH had only recently recognized palliative care as a uh, recognizable and fundable benefit of healthcare. So it's all very new. I hadn't heard about it. Yes, we know about hospice some. And of course, this is a subject like nobody really wants to look at. It's not dinner table conversation, et cetera. Yeah. And I just knew when I read that article, I would said, that's it. That's the conversation I want to be in. And then I thought, what do I do? I'm not going to go to med school. 
I, I have no idea how to launch into this. So I started looking around. I talked to palliative care doctors. I looked very seriously at an interfaith chaplaincy program in Berkeley, very serious program. I visited it a number of times. I just, and I didn't know yet what I was going to do. And as I kept, uh, I guess, brainstorming and networking and brain picking, I found myself one day in Arizona at a photographic event, a conference that I was participating in and speaking at. And literally I was sitting in the sun that day. And I think, I think it's really about five years later after I thought I need to do something else. And I got this calling. I just, I was sitting there and it was as if a message arrived. I, I don't know how else to say it. I hope other people have had this experience and they don't yeah. think uh, I'm crazy and I wish for everyone to have it. The message came, you could help people write letters. And I thought, yeah, I could. What the hell is that? What does that mean? <laughs> so um, it launched from there. I knew that was it. That was my assignment. And from there, I went about finding the people I needed to talk to. And one thing led to another. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> Tell us what a typical letter midwifery session looks like, how you're working with clients. There's the, the white glove version is one-on-one. -on -one. It's a lot like what we're doing right now, except mm -hmm. in reverse. And um, I would be, I, some, it's largely thanks to the pandemic, everybody's learned how to work remotely. So a lot of it's on the phone. Prior to that, it was always in person, but it could be anything. Because it can be on the phone, I can work with people anywhere and in any time zone. So what it looks like is we talk and we, I, you just start, if it were, if it was us together, I'd yeah. say, well, Kara, who do you want to write to? And you might say, I don't know. I've got all these things going on and I know I need to write to this person. I, I would like to write to this person. And then we just start talking and I'd ask you questions and I take extensive notes. I basically type everything that you say. It's just the way that I listen. Yeah. And then I would come back to you. We'd talk for a while. And after about 45 minutes, I'd say, okay, let's pause. I, you know, And then we might pause together. We might pause offline. And then I'd circle back and I'd say, this is what I hear you saying. So rather than you sitting down in the uh, soloness of your own uh, desk and writing and thinking, I can't say that. I don't know how to say that. I better not say that. We're in dialogue and things come out much more fluidly. It's a little bit like a massage. You know, I say I'm a combination of Cyrano de Bergerac, Terry Gross, and, uh, you know, great radio host yeah. um, and a psychic. And so then what happens is it's your letter, but I've heard you say it. I've written down a lot of words. I might resequence it. I might ask you some more questions. What could you tell me a little bit more about this person? Can you tell me about that day? And we breathe life into it. That's, yeah. That's the basic, but I do a lot of the work in workshop now also because I can reach more people that way. Ah, okay. 
uh, sounds like it's a bit intuitive as well. Like you innately know what to ask people, which is a really special skill. Um, Well, look who's talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a skill that we can all use for sure. It helps a lot. What makes a handwritten letter? These are handwritten letters, right? No, not necessarily. Ah, okay. It can be good. Excellent. Yeah, it could be (laughs) anything. So when I do it with someone, well, I can't even read my own handwriting. So, um, you know, it leaves too much to the imagination. But what happens is I'm typing. Um, that's the other thing. I, I type wicked fast. And um, so I'm typing because that's how, I, that's how I can process what's being said. And I can write notes to myself. Like, I will ask this or note this. What this feels, you've said this three times. This must be really yeah. important. Um, what the what the partner in process receives is a typewritten letter, which they can handwrite. Um, they can change. It's their letter. There's no. Um, I'm just literally midwifing, and um, but what they get is, is something typewritten. And some people, some people then handwrite it. Sometimes they give it to someone. I I do believe in paper. I do believe in envelopes. Um, I will say, though, by the way, that people sometimes write to themselves, their future self, their past self. When I do it in workshop, I'd say a third of the people write to someone who's no longer in this world. So delivery takes many forms as well. Yeah, I was going to ask how many are actually delivered or what that looks like. But yeah, clearly anything is possible then with the end product. I like the idea of it being handwritten and delivered if it's going to yes. go to a person though. So I, I'm, I'm about that too. You could add on like stationary to your business. <laughs> exactly. Well, or there's actually, I'm... yeah, there's a website called handwritten that will actually, oh. actually looks like handwriting. So oh my. business oh, add on just, I am good with business ideas. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I would see. like to interject to um, those that are are joining us that while we're talking about this, um, and Kara, I might ask you this question too, Mm -hmm. is for them to think about who they might wish to write to. I'm not going to hold you to it, you know, but to to your listeners right now, hopefully they're thinking, oh, right, I really should sort that thing out. Oh, right, I really want to tell this person how much I care about them or that they've made a difference or I need to thank this person or I need to write to this family that I lived with when I was 16 or, you know, I need to write to my mother. So I'm hoping that keep notes uh, next to yourselves, listeners. Well, immediately it comes to mind that I should write to this young foreign exchange student from Israel that we had hosted in our home. Like, I don't even know if she's alive. I don't know. Right. You know, I have right. no idea how to contact her, but um, maybe I'll write a letter to her later today. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah. And I'd be happy to show you how this works if need be. Yeah. And, you so, know, we, we, we can find almost anyone now. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if I remember her last name, but yeah. Anyways, okay, about me, but I like this idea very much, and you know, it's it's a hard thing to do in in a lot of cases. I imagine, like people are writing letters that are you know lifting something off of themselves that they need to exactly 
exactly. confess or explain or, wow, okay. <laughs> the majority of your work is with hospice and palliative care, but give me an idea of, I mean, I mean, anybody can benefit from writing these kind of letters, right? Exactly. So that's, that's what I felt called to, and that's where it started. But it did not take long for me to realize that it applied to all mortals. And just like the experience you just had, there's that we're mortal and we've, and there's people in our, in our psychic photo albums, you know, that we're still thinking about and they, they may be thinking about us or we want to clear that air or we want to reach out. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's this panoply of, of personalities and, and, and human beings that have, have influenced us for better and for worse. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I quickly learned it applied to all mortals and many people without diagnosis reach out to me. Diagnosis certainly is a catalyst, but mortality is a diagnosis. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, this idea of legacy. And when I talk about legacy with my clients, I do talk about passing along not just money, it's information. It's things yes. that you want your kids and your grandkids and their kids or friends or whomever to know about. So I can see a little collaboration yeah. in the future, Frisch. Uh <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I know. Um, you know, we spend we spend a lot of time thinking about what to do with our valuables, but what about our values? Yeah. Yeah. And that's truly something that you want to pass along. And oftentimes it doesn't. I mean, both of my parents are gone and I think, you know, gosh, there was probably a lot more that I wish they would have left to me. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll write a letter to them too. <laughs> um, so if you want to share, what have been some of the most memorable or impactful letters that you've helped people write? Like, yeah. are there a couple examples that really? Sure. I mean, I'm sure, sure all of them are a lot. Exactly. But yeah. But some it, of them. Yeah. It, it's really remarkable how each one you know, we're human beings and there's, um, there's a lot of overlap and yet each one is in incredibly engaging for me to, to, to do the process with people and for them to find those words and be lightened by them. Um, the first letter I wrote was for a 34 year old mother on her third set of lungs with two small boys. So that, that, was the letter to the boys they, then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was about her values. Yeah. And um, it was ultimately about kindness. And that clarified for me immediately from the gate that there's something here. Yeah. And um, I believe so strongly, really, uh, this is maybe where the photography and the letters overlap in the unique qualities of the contemporaneous note the note made now, you know, if you take a picture of your, you know, if you have a picture of yourself from your sixth birthday, there's nothing else that that's that, that there's no that context, moment, you yeah. know, and the dog in the corner or your mother over your shoulder, if you're lucky, you know, those kinds of things, the letter that you have, the letter that you wrote, the, the letter that I write today to my, you know, whatever age child is, I'm this age, they're that age, 
is different than what it'll be tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So I would say, so that first letter was really meaningful and I knew immediately, I, I had no question that I was on a path. Um, very moving story of a woman in her mid-50s who was um, estranged from her parents. She lived in San Francisco, her parents in New York, and they were estranged. And it's a longer story, but in the process, and in the process, we reconciled. And that was, even if, she said to me, after we wrote the letter, I'm complete now. But what really completed it was that the distance between them was resolved. And none of them had to and close the book on it with unfinished business. And that was remarkable. And again, I just felt so honored to be part of that process. But this I've also written for my Lyft driver, you know, so. You're in a long Lyft ride. You're like, hey, what's going on? Who do you want to talk to? <laughs> it was actually a short Lyft drive. But um, that would just to say everybody has a letter. So. Yeah, they do. This work takes a lot of energy. Is there anything that you do to protect yourself or cleanse yourself after doing this kind of deep, heavy, emotional work? Or does it not affect you because you're able to like disengage from it because it's not your story, it's somebody else's? I actually find that it gives a lot of energy. I, it, yeah. And I think you'll, I, I remembering your experience with hospice probably, you know, yeah. If people can find the thing that gives them the energy, um, and I know that when I, the people I've worked with in hospice, the, the nurses and doctors, they feel privileged to be doing that work. They must. It just seems so heavy to me, but it's yeah. because I was on the other side of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, watch Call the Midwife, you know, uh, a very complicated mission that they're on, and yet they're all energized by it. It's yeah, I actually haven't watched that series, but I need to. How has Letter Midwifery changed you and your perspective on life and relationships? Wow, good question. Um, can we have another hour? Yes. <laughs> um, but now, let's see. How has it? Um, it's. Uh, I don't know that it's changed. It's certainly, um, it's, I don't think I want to say matured me, but deepened, deepened my, uh, my connections with people known and unknown. Um, it's, it, I don't know that it's changed me so much as, as fulfilled me or is fulfilling because I don't want to put that in the past term. It's, it's a wonderful thing. This is every everybody can sit at a table and just say, "Oh, you know, if you had to write a letter, who would you write to?" You know, it's 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 about listening. It's listening to yourself and listening to other people. And I think that is one of our secret weapons. You know. For sure. And it might start to feel a bit different too as you transition fully away from the gallery and, and focus more on this. I assume you plan to spend more time in this space or you exactly. will have more time to spend in this space. Yeah. No, I have I have lots to do here. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good. 
And this is a question that I ask everybody, which is more general. What advice would you give to people that are getting close to retirement and later in life to find their next passion? Yeah. Um, uh, The first thing I'd say is reflect on, reflect on, and the last week or the last two weeks and think about when you felt most yourself, whether that was when you felt the lightest or the deepest or the clearest or the happiest. So I reflect on that and try to boil that down to a word or two, what that meant. Was that because you felt connected or because you felt community or because you felt uh, beauty or whatever that is. So I, that's the first thing. And look look to where you get energy and follow that light. Yeah, for sure. Well, and when, uh, in doubt, yeah. when in doubt, write a letter to your future self or write a letter from your to your past self, counseling. Mm-hmm. And you, it's amazing how much wisdom we're carrying around with us. Yeah, I love that idea of writing a letter to your future self. I'd incorporate that to my work. <laughs> One of the many exercises. <laughs> right. Yeah. Finally, um, I'm going to put this in the show notes, but if you want to tell people where they can find you, because I feel like, you know, as you said, everyone has a letter in them. And for some people, it's more urgent than others. But I feel like a lot of my listeners are going to be quite interested in your work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my website is my lasting letters and mylastingletters.com. And it's uh, there you will find it's not too involved. I think it's a very direct website with designed by my amazing son and uh, it's very nice (laughs) thank you under under the section noted are several articles interviews a a video or two things like that yeah i think it's just enough to get you started on your letter okay perfect well fresh this has been a really um soul-giving interview for me, and I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Kara. It's really a pleasure. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Good Morning Freedom, my retirement coaching firm. I help executives and professionals plan the non-financial part of their retirement, like how to discover new purpose and how you want to spend your time. I offer a one-on-one coaching retirement blueprint package where we work together to discover some new avenues of exploration for your Act 3. This coaching is completely custom and will provide you with a ton of resources and support as you transition to this new stage of life. For all the details, please go to goodmorningfreedom.com slash services.